Warning, the following podcast show that you're about to listen to will include explicit language and content in which you, the members of the audience, may find offensive. Audience discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of the Kim Wang Podcast Experience. Yeah, boy. Where anything and everything is a subject matter on the show and no subject matter is ever taboo. Damn, that's what's up, my G. And now, your host with the most, Mr. Kim Wang. Bro, am I getting paid for this? Yo, 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 what is going on in the world? Hector, good job, my man. I really appreciate that. Hey, come see me afterwards. I got a new four-pack of the new Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, American Lager Brewery beer right for you in the fridge. So come and see me in a little bit after this episode. You know what I'm saying? So appreciate you. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, how the heck are you? It is your boy, Kim Hoang, the Asian sensation, coming at you live from the Asian sensation studios in Washington, D.C. and the metropolitan area. And the and you know what? I'm just feeling pretty good today. I'm feeling nice. I'm here in the Asian Sensation Studios. I got my favorite chair here. Um, like I said, I'm drinking a Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, Broken Skull American Lager beer, which I have to say it's a very good beer. So for those beer aficionados, you got to try it. And uh, I got to say that today I've been looking forward to this day since uh, I woke up since I took a shower, since I went to work, and since I got back from work. So I, I cannot stress uh, how excited I am uh, for the main reason that I am interviewing uh, a person from one of my favorite bands that I follow. Uh, now, back in November, I actually interviewed a bandmate of his uh, in Derek Obscura, the bassist. And uh, now we got two out of the four members that I got now. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, in the Asian Sensation Studios, in the Steve Jobs room, in the Apple virtual area, I have with me the one and only, not only he's a talented drummer for such bands as Orgy and Davy Suicide, but he is the founder of the International Drum School of Budapest. And we are lucky to have him here. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Martin Vares. Martin, Yoshid, Hojivaj. That was very kind of you. Thank you so much for the kind words and thanks for having me on the show. Yes. Oh you, my you God. You are Everything is going fine. <laughs> you know, I, I always have a rule that when I uh, know somebody that is, uh, you know, uh, of an international flavor, meaning that they're not uh, from the United States, that they're from like, let's say Germany or Italy, I try to kind of embrace a little bit of their culture and try to learn a little bit of their native language so they would feel a little bit comfortable. So I, I hope that uh, my Hungarian uh, was very passable. It was. Yes. And it was well understandable. So <laughs> good job on that. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I haven't seen you uh, since uh, November when you and Davy Suicide came uh, in Baltimore. Uh, that yeah. was that was a lot of fun. Although I do remember that during that time period, um, you were you were ill a little bit. You were ill with a with a cold or something like that. Oh yeah, I was. Uh, it was no fun, but you helped me off with some terror flus and stuff. So thank you again for that. Um, 
I think I got through that stuff pretty quick, though. I think uh, just being in the on the move, you know, and playing shows and staying active kind of helped. And also, it was very good that we had a day off at yeah. the Baltimore show, so I could kind of sleep it out. I didn't go, you know, hanging out with the guys that night. I just took a bath and I went to bed early and I slept for like 10 hours. So that really helped for sure. Yeah, no, I I do remember that. Um, I do remember uh, Derek, um, let me see, Danny and Bundy. Like we were all like, where's Martin? And I just said, you know what? If he's not coming, he's not coming. You know, just, you know, it's his day off. Let Let him do him. You know what I mean? So if that meant that, yeah, you- I really, I really needed that day off because, you know, who is not a touring musician, probably they don't know how struggling it could be to be on the road for you know a month or two months. Right. When you play like five shows a week, it's like you know playing the show, finish, pack everything by like one a.m., one thirty, and you have to start driving to the next city, which could be four, five, six, maybe eight hours away. So you have to drive overnight, get to the next city, you know, around like noon. And uh, you have a few hours off. You can grab something to eat maybe, but then you have to like load all the gear to the venue, to the stage. Then you do sound check. You will have another couple of hours of downtime. Then it's showtime and you do it all over again. And it like, keeps going and it's kind of get really tiring. So especially when you are sick, you have a fever or whatever, that could be really struggling. <laughs> I understand. Sure. I understand. That's why uh, I was just glad that you took advantage of the time. You got your rest. Um, the next day when I saw you guys off, um, you looked well rested and you looked like you were uh, a lot better and you were ready to go for um, the show. That was, I think it, it was like uh, you were going to Ohio that day. So, Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, let's go ahead and, and, and get at this thing. I mean, you know, my gosh, like, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, this this is a good one for me. I feel like, you know, I'm a little nervous because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm it's almost like a, I'm uh, interviewing a celebrity in a sense, like a, a, a real. Oh, big come on, celebrity. man. <laughs> too so nice. I, I have to I have to say, like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I, I'm just like, uh little nervous here but uh, it, it, it's going to be fun so let's talk let's talk a little bit um you know uh, for people that uh, are listening they may know a little bit about you they may not know um obviously um you are hungarian so you are from hungary um what yeah. was what was life uh like before you know like uh music growing up like what was was what was a uh, young martin like back in the day well, I always wanted to play drums since like kindergarten, but um, my parents were not a fan of this idea. Oh boy! <laughs> Obviously, because you know they thought that drums are like noisy. They are you can't really put them anywhere. Obviously, they didn't want me to practice at the house or right. the apartment. Right. And uh, so they sent me to do piano lessons in elementary school. I was like six or seven years old. Okay. So I was doing that for like five years. Okay. But I, I was not really enjoying it, to be honest. I had my mom's old piano teacher who was not young at the time, and she was <laughs> teaching my mom either. Uh, 
so she never really complimented everything I was doing. She always pointed out what was wrong and it, it just kind of, I just didn't enjoy lessons anymore. So as I grew a little older, I could like tell my parents like, Hey, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Right. And I kind of like stepped back from music for a few years. I was skateboarding and hanging out with friends and, you know, just being a teenager. And then this uh, urge feeling that I want to play drums came around again in high school, actually, like before I got up to high school. And do you, do you remember how old you were at the time? I was like 14, 14, 13, okay. 14. Okay. So I was a little bit older and um, my parents were a little bit more lighter on the topic. This time my mom got me a pair of sticks and a practice pad for Christmas. And actually that was the first thing I was always doing on my own because before that, you know, they always had to force me to go to, you know, play tennis, practice the piano. It was like a mandatory thing that they had to put in my schedule that I have to do these things. But drums were the first thing they did not have to force at all on wow. me. I was always doing it on my own. All my free time went to drums. So they were like, okay, cool. There is something he enjoys finally. Let's support it. And that's how it happened. Wow. Now, from that point, I mean, you know, knowing that drums was the one instrument that uh, you gravitated towards starting at a young age and again at 14, you must have been, uh, you know, practicing a lot, you know, during those uh, your younger years. Yes, a lot. I was always in the basement. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Um, yeah. So at the first two years I didn't have an instrument and I think that's not even necessary for anyone anyone who start, wants to start to play drums mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of uh, people out there who are afraid to start this instrument because they would think that oh my god it's so complicated it's noisy it's huge I there is no way I can practice at home you don't have to there are plenty of rehearsal studios probably there are some in your area as well you can look up they can just rent a room hourly. Usually these places have a cheaper deal for people who only wants to practice drums. You only have to like pay the full price of the room usually. And that's how I started. You go, you know, as much as you can afford, as much time you have. But if you just keep being consistent with it, you know, like once, twice a week for a right. couple of hours, that's that's perfect. Right and on. Then if you get more into it, if you get more serious about it, you do more and then you will get your own lockout where you can put your own instrument. But starting out, I don't think it's necessary. So if anybody is listening to this right now, you know, and if you are hesitating to jump in or jump on drums because of that reason, just don't hesitate. Just do it. There's a way. I think the one reason why people are very hesitant about, uh, you know, uh, doing drums or um, or any instrument for that matter is that the fact that, um, you know, it is quite an investment when you invest in the instrument that you want to, um, you know, choose your path in. In this case, you know, for dr uh, drums and a drum set, it's a it's a big investment. You know, it's not one of those things that, you know, if you did something and then you got bored you can just say oh okay well you know it's over you know no this is this is a half this is a heavy commitment and a and a big investment for those that uh want to choose that path but if you think about what, what i just described 
Mm-hmm. Drums are the cheapest in that that sense because you only need a pair of sticks and maybe a pad for home mm-hmm. for your rudiments and for warm ups, and that's about it. If you if you just want to start out and see how it feels, you don't need to buy an instrument. You go to these rehearsal spots and play their instrument, and that's it. You don't have to buy your own instrument. Right on. If right you on. get more serious about it, then yeah, it's gonna come. But I don't think it's necessary until you are at the, at the gigging level that you have to like bring your own stuff to to the stage you know i, I see i see even if you want to jam with other people you go to the same rehearsal places and you guys get together in the room there are amps and you just jam out but you don't really need to bring anything with you right now for the first you said for like the first two years of your formal uh drumming you basically kind of did it on your own but did you have like um any formal training or lessons in in drumming um, thereafter? Oh, yes. So I started taking lessons pretty much much as soon as I started playing drums, Mm -hmm. making sure that I don't develop a bad technique or I don't fuck up anything, you know, because that's another huge issue. When you start out on your own, you think you're doing something right, but turns out that you have a terrible technique and you're doing it for years right and you don't understand why why you cannot develop or why you cannot go further a certain point in your playing it's usually because of you, you have blocks in your technique mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of patience and discipline and time to get rid of those bad habits later on so i highly recommend to anybody to take lessons when they start for at least a couple of months or you know whatever whatever you can afford but um it's a game changer for sure because of course you have youtube but youtube doesn't talk to you youtube doesn't see what you are doing correct correct that being said i mean you know um let's jump in a little bit how did you know like from that point when you were uh practicing drums from you know such young age that you know how did you know that you wanted to be in the music band and how did you know that that was going to be a little bit of uh you know your life destiny it came naturally to be honest like since day one i wanted to do this very seriously and Mm -hmm. i never took it as a hobby i was very committed about it since day one so i can't really answer that question why i just was just uh instinct instinct okay i feel you was it was there like a like initially like a genre of music that you wanted to do more than the others in terms of your drumming style or it didn't really matter of course i wanted to be a rock star okay okay i grew up listening to uh like the 70s like zeppelin deep purple pink floyd my dad showed those bands to me okay and then i discovered the the 2000s and new metal so like slipknot was a huge influence on my playing right and uh, Linkin Park and all those new metal bands. And then I went more into the prog metal world. So I, I became a huge Dream Theater fan. I really enjoyed Mike Boyer's playing. I learned a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And nowadays I'm more into like the modern genres. And there are some incredible drummers out there. Right. Both in the metalcore and both in, on the progressive side, like Luke Holland, Matt Halpern from Periphery, um, Adam Gray from Texas in July, Matt Greiner from August Burns Red. I love those guys, all of them. I was lucky enough to meet many of them 
already. So they are all sweethearts. <laughs> nice. Now, uh, a lot of people, I guess, uh, back home in Hungary um, know you from like, because you've been, um, you know, drumming for like, in the, I guess, like in the metal scene there for, for many a years. Um, yes. And when, when, when did that, when did that start and who did, who did you drum with? Well, I got my first professional gig at age of 18. I was only playing drums for four years. Oh, wow. And I became the member for one of the oldest heavy metal bands in Hungary. They formed in like 90, 1984 or something, I think. Oh, wow. And they were called Pokolgép. Pokolgép means a bomb, basically. So the word-to-word translation will be hell machine. It's pretty badass, oh. actually. Wow. But, but that's a terminal, terminology we use for a bomb. Okay. Okay. Which explodes, yeah. Right. So I was in that band for four years. For four years. Okay. And we, we headlined major festivals, mostly in Hungary. We played, you know, shows around Hungary, like Slovakia, Romania, Serbia, like neighbor countries. And uh, we also played a show in Sweden because it appears that the first three records of that band got released in the Scandinavian countries. Right. And there are some hardcore Swedish Pokolge fans up there. It's fucking nuts. Wow. Do you think yeah. there's like a, like a difference between like when you're playing, like, let's say in a metal band back home in Hungary versus like playing uh, in a metal band that's in the U S or something like that. Is there, is there like a stylistic difference between the two? Uh, good question. Uh, I feel like that the style I'm playing metal is originates from Scandinavia, of course, but there are a lot of U.S. bands doing it for a long time. Mm. And since Hungary was a socialist country up until the 90s, and the borders were closed and they didn't really let any Western influence in the country, mm. we it was a thing to like copy a lot of the Western bands and try to sound like them. Right. So, yeah, I don't know what the point with that is, but, but it's, that was like a long time ago. So if I think about it nowadays, there are some very, very cool original bands in Hungary as well. So yeah, it's a good question. I'm not really sure how to answer that. <laughs> that, that, that's okay that's okay you you took a very good um uh attempt at it and we we give you a lot of points uh for the uh for you know for the attempt made so there, there, there this is not a pass or fail question you're you, you're safe <laughs> okay. um i actually looked a little bit earlier and uh your education resume um especially uh for uh, music is quite impressive because it said i uh, remember i read something uh 2012 you got a scholarship uh you went over to the collective school in new york city which is i guess like a a real uh, prestigious music school um 2014 you got a scholarship over at the state university of new york in in purchase and um yes I'm, yeah and you know like how did how did you go from like Hungary all the way over to the states for um for music uh 
you know, knowledge. Like, wow, like how did how did that come about, or why why did you go that route? First of all, thank you so much for the compliment. And uh, it happened actually. My private drum teacher in Hungary, mm -hmm. he is an incredible jazz drummer. His name is Peter Sandöfi. He also appeared on Drumio, that's like the biggest YouTube drum education channel. Mm -hmm. He did a more than hour session there, which is a huge credit. But anyways, he was an alumni at this collective school of music in New York in the 90s. And okay. he was the one who taught me about the school. And uh, he also really pushed me that I should really try to get in. So he prepared me for the audition for the school. And that audition got me a merit scholarship. Nice. And I was 19 at the time. It was right after I got to this uh, major gig. Okay. So I did one semester in New York for 10 weeks. It was a life changer for sure. Actually, I had to go back and um, really focus on the dynamics and how do I play what I play? Because mm -hmm. I already played major gigs. It wasn't really that I can't play drums. It was more like, how do I make simple things sound good? And that takes just a hell of a patience and time and focus it's like it's like martial arts you really have to zen in to every motion you know and make them perfect so, right concentrate and make everything uh you know on point yep so they took me back to the basics there and made sure everything was nice and clear and it's a work in progress so i didn't become you know whoever treasure is in 10 weeks there mm -hmm. but it just put me on a path you know and I still uh, keep that in mind and I still practice the way they taught me. And I, I try to teach my students in my school the same ways I was being taught over there. Now, so when I you, carry the fire. Right. right. <laughs> so when you actually auditioned, I mean, what was that? Did you just do like a digital recording and you posted it on YouTube or did you just do a digital recording and had to email them? What was what was the procedure? Yeah, they require certain exercises yet to record yourself doing and three different style of songs. And mm -hmm. I made YouTube videos out of them, but it wasn't a requirement at the time. They just wanted to hear the, the audio. So I did uh, obviously a metal one because that was my main genre. I did a uh, funk fusion in 7-8. So it's like an odd time signature. Yep. And I did a uh, pop song. Actually, it was Cry Me a River from Justin Timberlake. No! <laughs> I love Justin that was Timberlake. A... That's, that's my dude right there. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty much my audition. And yeah, I did that 10 weeks. And then after that, I started actually college back in Budapest. I went okay. to the International Business School. And my I was majoring in arts management. Mm-hmm. So I have a background in art history and a uh, little bit of fine arts and fine art management as well. I was working in galleries, interned in an auction house in New York, which is very fun. I kind of wanted to like expand my knowledge on not only on music. Right. But, but I never really dig myself into that field as much as I supposed to if I wanted to have a career in that because I always wanted to stick with plenty, which was drums and music. So 
Right. Well, but, I mean, uh, but music... everything is connected because through yeah. that school, I got this other scholarship, the SUNY Purchase. Mm -hmm. So I, I had an opportunity to spend another 10 weeks in the U.S. And that was the time when I got my, my first U.S. gig. Okay. Which was Armageddon, which was a side project of uh, Christopher Amot from Arch Enemy, the guitar player. Okay, okay, yeah. Arch Enemy, yep. Nice. So, yeah, he's a huge rock star, and it was an honor to play on his side. I was playing in that band for three years. Okay. So, after... So, yeah, it, it worked out. Yeah, no, it, no kidding. Yeah, it definitely worked out. My man. My man. And... Uh, let's see. After the International Business School of Budapest, um, 2017, you made you made the move over to Los Angeles, and um, was that because you felt like that was like the place to go to pursue um, a higher level in the in the music career in the music field? Yeah. Well, um, Chris uh, didn't want to do Armageddon anymore, and he joined Dark Tranquility, which is a major. Scandinavian uh, melodic death metal band. Mm -hmm. And uh, I attended a few other auditions for minor bands, but I just didn't really feel like this is what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I still had a year left from my current artist visa at the time. Right. So I had two, two, I had two options. I either moved home and that was it, or I moved to the West Coast and try LA because that was the other major city besides New York. And I just wanted to take a shot. I didn't know anyone when I moved here to LA. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And from, let's see. So from 2017, when you did move to LA, um, you, you, it seemed like uh, from then until like uh, two years later, like, you know, you were busy musically. Like what, what were you doing musically uh, drum wise? Well, since I didn't know anyone here, it took me two years to build up enough connections to get uh, some gigs and some tours going. Right. So actually my, my, my busiest year was 2019. That was the year when I got into Orgy. Through Orgy, I got the Davy gig. Mm -hmm. And besides, besides, between the two, I was filling in for Assuming We Survive, which is a skate punk, pop punk band. And we toured with Sum 41, which was one of the most fun tours of my life. It was right. awesome. Right. And, uh, yeah, we did the David tour in December, the first one. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was the West Coast. And yeah, the West Coast shows with Static X. And then I played a couple of shows with Orgy early 220. And then COVID started and I had to go home. I was about to say, um, going back a little bit, like, um, you, uh, obviously, um, 2019, like you said, uh, you joined Orgy. Um, yeah. did they seek you out or did you, or did you seek them out? Like, how did, how did this work? Well, I was uh, working with a bunch of local bands mm -hmm. and, uh, one of them was working in the studio with Jay Gordon, singer of Orgy, who yep. works yep. as a producer. Okay. And that's how I met him. And, uh, we were working on this project in the studio for months mm -hmm. and he liked my attitude. He liked my playing. And um, the current drummer in Orgy, Ryan, decided to leave the band and they had a tour coming up and Jay just asked me if I wanted to join them. Wow. 
yeah. how long and I how long said yes <laughs> how long did it take for you I'm, to learn learn um their music um from the uh, from the drum tablature like point of view like how long did it take you to to get everything down before you left for tour uh he gave me a fair long notice so i think i had a month okay about a month to learn i had to learn like 20 songs wow wow but uh yeah i i tend to learn by ear for a long time and i learned hundreds of songs already so i i'm pretty fast with this stuff nice now how now that's the same year that you joined davy suicide how, how did that work out well i met actually a mutual friend of uh, orgy and davy on road on the road mm-hmm. her, her name is jess jess Lotza. okay and and she is hungarian as well believe it or not oh no way she is a tm slash merch girl and okay. she works with a lot of bands on the scene mm-hmm. so because of our common background we clicked immediately and we met on, after one of the shows we hanged out and um she told me about uh, davy's band that they do not have a drummer right at the moment and they are like kind of between album cycles and but they are looking for someone and uh, i reached out because she told me that's how it happened right right and and her best friend chelsea is the girlfriend of derek our bass player mm, mm, yep 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 now so that's how it happened nice now being being that you are um a dual threat um, meaning that you're in two bands at the same time, uh, Orgy and Davy Suicide. Um, obviously, um, you know, there are some, you know, similarities, but there's also some differences. What would yeah. you say, what would you say are those, um, you know, similarities and, and differences in the terms of like, you know, musically and just the style of each band? Well, when I showed my girlfriend, davy davy's songs or one of one of his songs mm-hmm. she thought it was orgy for a sec no Be- because i think uh, their voices are kind of similar right there's their singing voices i i don't say it's like identical obviously but it's kind of like in that same range and same vibe okay and i think davy was influenced by orgy for sure um Orgy has more electronics and Jay, I think, is more open to like the EDM and dubstep stuff mm-hmm. when it was hip, you know, like 10 years ago or so. So we have a bunch of that stuff in our set. David doesn't have that, obviously. Okay. Mm. Would you would you and, say I'm sorry, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And no, and also I think Davy has a few faster songs than Orgy. Okay. Like Orgy's all of our Orgy songs are kind of like mid-tempo mid-range right but for example davy has rise above which is a fast-paced song or got head killers or she doesn't really have fast song like that i think now i i got a confession like i the only time that i actually got into orgy was like you know when they first came out with candy ass you know obviously everyone that was a big uh new order fan uh liked blue monday they liked the the, the orgy rendition and um and i liked uh, the song uh stitches um yeah ma- mainly because the video looked really cool i was like oh shoot this is pretty cool 
Um, yeah. but it was, uh, it was ahead of its time for sure. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But then after a while, like you know, after that time uh, period, uh, to be honest with you, I thought that uh, you know I, I didn't hear from about orgy anymore, and I thought that uh, okay, well, you know, like the the common thing, like they, it, what happens in music is that you know you become a band, and then unfortunately, you know, things didn't they, they don't work out. So I'm glad to know that um, you know orgy is still out there and. Um, and and doing their thing that's really cool yeah for sure i mean the first their first two records were definitely a hit and i and uh and after the third one the band split and i think that's when you know the fan base mm -hmm. split as well because there was like a confusion about what happened i don't want to go into details because i wasn't there obviously and i right, can't say course. anything of about course, that happening but that's uh, i think that's part of the reason why you feel that way but yeah orgy is still 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 out there still touring still making new music they released uh, a single earlier this year called karma capsules it's on spotify there is another right. single coming very soon which we are already playing right at these shows right and uh, i think there are going to be more coming so nice Keep an eye out for Orgy, guys. Still out there. <laughs> Still awesome. Yes, indeed. Well, I, I, well, I do remember um, before you got into either band. Um, I remember Davy Suicide and Orgy toured together at one point, and I saw them in Baltimore, and that's what yeah. made me kind of question, like, whoa, like you know, Orgy is still out there. Like, oh my gosh, like you know, I. Because, you know, everybody that remembers Orgy from, uh, you know, my generation, you know, for those that want to know, you know, your, your, your boy is uh, 44 and still climbing the corporate ladder, you know, 45 on uh, November 23rd, if y'all want to drop me a gift. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember, you know, Orgy was like, you know, really huge in, um, in like 98. And I was just like, wow, like when you know, they got big on MTV and so forth. I was like, wow, they're different, but they're really good. And that's what made me, um, that's what made me become like, you know, very sold on what they did. I was like, okay, this is, this is good stuff. Like, this is really good stuff. And so again, you know, I'm glad that they're, you know, going back, I'm glad that they're still a band. I'm glad that they're doing their thing. Ladies and gentlemen, they haven't gone anywhere. So it's all good. Um, but let's take let's take a little bit of a um, a detour a little bit. You are the founder of the International Drum School Budapest. For those that want to check it out, it's uh, www.idsbudapest.com. So um, thank you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, let's talk about that. You are the founder of the um, International Drum School of Budapest. Um, how did this come about? Why did this come about? Well. Um, obviously COVID was a huge part of it. Mm. I am teaching private lessons for about 10 years now okay. on my own. So I always really enjoyed teaching mm. and it was always around me in a way. Mm. Uh, but when COVID started and everything slowed down and I was forced to move home, uh, obviously, uh, uh at first, I wasn't really sure how this whole COVID thing is going to last. 
Right. So I didn't really want to commit myself to anything. At home, I was ready to move back. But as time passed, it was like already a year at home. I was like, I can't just sit around and do nothing anymore. I need to start something on my own. Right. And uh, that's how I came up with the concept. Uh, and the concept of IDS is focusing on international kids or adults. Like there's no age limit at my school, really. Okay. Living in Budapest. And uh, I teach in English. And... Um, for all ages and uh, that's that's the main concept around it oh wow okay so it's not really like just hey come to take lessons with martin because he plays forge it's more like no come to take lessons because it's a i'm building a community of foreign people who live in my hometown okay and you know i i found it very helpful as well when i moved to new york i didn't know anyone and i went to the drum school and they had a ton of international people and students going there just to learn their favorite instrument. And it was already like a collective. It was already a community. Now, and I try to create something like that here in Budapest as well. Now, when you mean that it's international, like um, what kind of nationalities uh, uh, of, in terms of students, like, you know, where are they coming from uh, geographically that they're living in Budapest? Like, are they American or are they like, you know, from from the Netherlands? Where where are they from? Well, it's it's really random, to be honest. I have people from Spain, Turkey, Czech Republic, okay. uh, from Asia, like Korea, China. Um, so really, it's it's really spread out. I. I can't really tell you what the major it is. So there, there's definitely a melting pot of uh, different um, cultures and people from different parts of the globe that come to yeah. the school. It was so random. I met a couple of uh, students there. They don't take lessons regularly because they travel all the time, but they were from LA. Oh, wow. They were in the film industry and they are doing a bunch of films in Hungary because it's very cheap to make films there, but they are shooting a shitload of Hollywood movies in Hungary lately. Wow. It's a big thing. So I had students from LA signing up for lessons with me. That's cool. Martin, I think that's a, I think that was a hidden message, sir, that the, you're uh, instead of, instead of not only just music that you should pursue the, uh, the acting arts. <laughs> because i yeah, mean you're maybe. you're you're a good looking guy and you have you have a great look about you and i'm pretty sure that hollywood is just literally knocking at your door and be like yeah we 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 want you we want you to be in our movie you know just oh yeah baby okay <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice thank Pretty you nice i like you. i like you too <laughs> that 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 is awesome man like um now, like I know you opened the school because of COVID, um, and obviously, if you know, if anybody doesn't know, or they've been living under a rock, um, and to, once 2020 hit, uh, COVID became a real big deal. Um, it really put everything on hold. Everything from, you know, businesses closing to, um, you know, music acts uh, not being able to perform and tour that entire year. So knowing that, you know, obviously that because you are a drummer for Orgy and a drummer for Davy Suicide, I mean, like, 
how did that how did that affect you like because it i mean a lot of people from when i talked to them it 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 took a lot out of them, you know, and some were like really sad or, uh, or some were depressed or some were confused. Um, uh, where, where were you in, in all this? Oh man, it was a trip. It had many ups and downs. Um, mm -hmm. obviously when it started, uh, they just cut the cord of my life because I was living in, in LA for almost four years. Yeah. You know, I was working two jobs playing in all these bands, going on tours. Yeah. So I, I had my life set, set here and I literally had three days to pack up and leave because all the international flights were canceled. My health insurance expired. I couldn't get, get it renewed because of COVID, obviously. Right. Um, so I was in a risk, you know, and my parents really wanted me to just get home and be safe there. Mm -hmm. And um, Hungary actually organized a rescue flight for Hungarians only. And that's, that's how I could go home. Oh, wow. They announced it at the embassy, I think, on a Friday night that it's leaving on Monday. So I, I had two days to pack all my stuff, or at least not all of my stuff. Like I had to leave most of my stuff at my friend's place. Right. And like get out, get out and leave with a suitcase. And that was it. Wow. So 2020, um, obviously, uh, that was a bust. We're forwarding it now, uh, you know, a year later, 2021. Davy Suicide says, you know what, F it. I'm, you know, everything seems to be a little bit better. So I'm going to have a tour in like around October, uh, November. Um, when I had um, interviewed with Derek, um, he said that... Um, you had to actually, in order to uh, tour with Davy, you had to write a letter to the Hungarian oh, embassy yeah. explaining, yeah. like, what happened. Like, what was there like a law that said at the time that you couldn't leave the country for some reason? Like, how how did you how did you manage all that? So there was a presidential proclamation in action, okay, in the United States by Joe Biden saying no one can enter the country mm -hmm. because of covid it was right. going on it was going on until i think november last year that's when okay. they stopped stopped doing it but um you had to prove to the embassy that your presence in the united states is beneficial for the sake of covid wow <laughs> And that was the only way around it. And um, there was no guarantee that they are going to say okay to that. There was like a huge waiting period. I think I had to wait two months to get a, to get a, an answer back. Okay. And it was just completely random. It wasn't sure at all that I can come and do this. And also Orgy wanted to tour as well in the summer, but it got canceled last minute because of COVID. Okay. So it was just a shit show, man. Like Orgy was busting my balls to get here as soon as I could. I I couldn't tell them if I can because there was this presidential thing in action. And then just one day I just had an email saying, okay, you're good to go. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. So I have it in my in my passport that I'm a, a COVID exemption. Wow. To come to the US right now. 
That's awesome. It it was crazy. Were you, so were yeah, you... I I wrote an essay. Like I had points in my essay saying that um, playing shows generates jobs. They keep the venues open. You know, the bar functions, the merch merch functions. So it's good for the economy. And it's also good for the mental health of the American citizens to go out and socialize again. Right. These were my points. And I was like, if you guys don't let me to come, the shows won't happen and all of this good stuff won't happen. So let me in. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's awesome because, you know, I, I honestly at that point, like if it wasn't for that, I would not have had a chance to actually um, meet you in person because I know that the, I only, I only, I be, I became a friend of yours on uh, social media uh, for obvious reasons that you became a drummer for Davy Seuss. and I was like, you know, to me it was like, you know, if you're, if you have uh, someone in the family that uh, is is going to marry someone and that person becomes a part of the family, I felt like okay, Martin is now part of the family. So Aww. I was really, I was yeah. really excited, and then you know, next thing you know, uh, Martin is getting. Uh, Hungarian quotes from a from a Vietnamese American guy who like literally knows <laughs> no Hungarian except for his uh, high school algebra teacher. So shout out to Mrs. Okay. Offit, I love you. Um, <laughs> and you know you 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 really exceeded the expectation because like I was just like oh my god like you know what if he doesn't like me you know the, the you know I I I you know I just had that that thought and then you were just like the nicest guy that that i met i was like oh my gosh like this guy is so cool the only thing that scared me is that ladies and gentlemen for those that are my international people this brother is 1.82 meters tall so for the american people that don't know you know international height the brother's about six foot four i'm like oh christ he's tall <laughs> i'm short there the guy should have been playing for the hungarian uh, national basketball team or something but god that, you know this... what's funny M many orgy fans keep asking us like guys is there like a height requirement for this band because jay is even taller than me jay is <laughs> ridiculously tall and Creighton is tall as fuck nick is tall carl is kind of tall i'm tall so we are like the orgy basketball team now <laughs> <laughs> i can dig it i can dig it wow so let's go back to um, let's go back a little bit to the band life. Obviously, um, you know now currently uh, you're on tour with Orgy. Um, originally, when I saw the um, the schedule, the itinerary, it was pretty busy. And then all of a sudden, yeah. there was like a update, and there was like like seventy five percent of your original dates. Um, were like erased and canceled so what what happened there happened second time in a row everything got canceled last night again unfortunately like right before i left so so it is man wow yeah uh, still covid you know right i guess well for those that um you know that are of you know orgy you know Ladies and gentlemen, I got I got a cheat sheet here. The revival tour with Orgy and the remaining shows. Um, I did not know that Parsippany, New Jersey was a part of that. I could have just drove like four hours, but I mean, that's that's the that's the name of the game right there. So if you want to catch the remaining tour of Orgy, um, 
on the 21st, they're heading out over to Reno, Nevada at the, the Peavine Tap House Eats and Beats. And then on the 20, 22nd, they're over at Roselle, California at the Goldfield Trading Post. On the 23rd, Berkeley, California over at the Cornerstone, Berkeley. And then ending it on the 24th in West Hollywood at the Rainbow. So if y'all want to get your tickets, I'm pretty sure that you can go to www.orgymusic.com for more information in regards to that. That I mean, God, you had one, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shows, dude. That's out a of, lot out of 28. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of um, you know, downtime. That's a lot of relaxation time. Yeah, I'm on four. I'm I'm on a forced vacation right now. You know. <laughs> That's why I'm just chilling at the patio right now at my old place where I used to live. Actually, I was lucky enough to to get uh, to to come back to my old place because my landlord didn't rent out the rooms anymore to anyone. But he really lo- likes me, and okay. he told me that I can come and visit whenever. So he really helped me out this time because otherwise I would be homeless pretty much. Right. <laughs> so, like you know, so. In differences between Orgy and, and Davy Suicide, how how do you prepare for like? Because I know that you have this tour, you have the upcoming tour uh, with Davy Suicide, um, which actually starts uh, literally like a, a day right after. Yeah, for the yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, it is the Right to Remain Defiant tour. So, and that's going to be a uh, a busy one for you. So, how did you prepare for you know uh, Orgy's revival tour? and making time to prepare for, you know, the upcoming Davy tour. Well, with Orgy, we had uh, a one week period of uh, rehearsals every night mm-hmm. at a lockout, which we rented out. So we rehearsed every day for, for a week straight. And right. ever since we haven't really rehearsed anymore because I think it's kind of tight. Right. And everybody knows their stuff, you know, so there is no really need for that many rehearsals right. i think when i joined davy we only had one or two rehearsals and then we hit the road and that was it that was crazy wow uh, with the with davy right now actually that the orgy tour is canceled it gives more flexibility for us to to prepare because otherwise it would have been so tight it was very stressful actually because there was only one evening to rehearse for the Davy tour. So mm. the original plan was to play the show at the Rainbow, finish the show, pack up, go straight to rehearsal, and then leave the next morning. So I was like, fuck, I really have to do this now, but I guess that's the only option. Right. But right now, since I have more downtime, I think we are going to start rehearsing next week. Nice. And uh, hopefully that's going to be enough. <laughs> I, you know you you, I, I, you know it's funny uh when i talked to derek the last time he said that he missed his flight the last time for this uh for the the last tour yeah. and you guys only had one day to rehearse and then you know when you guys start hitting uh the road to go uh, start your tour it, it pretty much was like uh you know you guys didn't skip a beat it was actually like how you last left it of course, but he's the bass player, and who cares about the bass player anyway? Damn, <laughs> <laughs> Derek, brother, I had nothing to do with that. I didn't say that. Please, I love you, no. Derek. 
So no, lady... I'm just kidding. No, Derek is a professional. Like one rehearsal is enough with him. Seriously, he's really, really good. So let me just let me just review all this for you, all you Davy Suicide fans, because I got the cheat sheet here. This this thing is ridiculous. I mean, starting on the it's in, starting in April on the 26th, they're going to Portland, Oregon, and Dante's. The 27th, they're going over to Seattle, Washington at the Fun House. 29th, they're going to go over to Salt Lake City, Utah at the Metro uh, Music Hall. 30th, they're going to the Roxy in Denver, Colorado. Uh, on May the 1st, they're going to the Vivo Event Center in Kansas City, Missouri. On the 3rd, they're going to Gabe's in Iowa City, Iowa. 4th, they're going to the WC Social Club. Fifth, they're going to the Token Lounge in Westland, Michigan. The sixth, they're going to the Empire in Akron, Ohio. Seventh, they're going to the Montage Music Hall in Rochester, New York. Eighth, they're going to the Preserving Underground in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, I don't like you for sports reasons. Um, that's my birthday. 30, oh, that's Martin's birthday. So, yes, on the eighth, y'all better come over and show up. But the ninth, <laughs> yes, Baltimore. To my Baltimore peoples, Angels Rock Bar. Y'all know what time it is. They're going to be there. Uh, on the 11th, they're going to Scandals in Virginia Beach, Virginia. 12th, they're going to Ziggy's at High Point, uh, North Carolina. 13th, over at Hooligans in Jacksonville, North Carolina. 14th, they're going to Ground Zero in Spartansburg, South Carolina. 15th, Sidetracks over in Huntsville, Alabama. 17th, they're going to the Scout Bar in Houston, Texas. 18th, they're going to Amplified Live in Dallas, Texas. The 20th, Rockstar Bar in Las Vegas, Nevada, and ending it on the 21st at Bar Sinister in Hollywood, California. Dude, this is that's a lot going on, man. Like, seriously, with a, I know. With a busy schedule like that, um, I mean, does it get kind of overwhelming? Do you get kind of like, you know, do you feel like at a certain point you feel like you might feel overwhelmed or burnt out? Like, you know, how do you feel about that? Well, I'm preparing myself now. I have some time to rest. I'm working out, getting my stamina up. And mm -hmm. uh, I also wanted to make it more busy. So I offer drum lessons on the road now, which started to get booked up. So if you guys are interested, let me know. You can reach out to me on social media and ask more questions about it. But at the, I'm trying to offer lessons at every venue we play on these dates. Now, what made before you, the show? Before, okay. So, what made you decide um, to incorporate that? Was that was that just something that you felt like it was just a good opportunity to promote more about uh, the International Drum School Budapest, or was it just something that you wanted to just you know kind of like you know help others out that want to do drumming? Like, what was your um, what was your thought process? Yeah, well, it's mostly. You know help people out and get them more into music somebody started to roll a lawnmower should i move inside how loud is it how loud is it do you hear it uh no i don't hear anything but i think it's okay it's okay okay i thought it was kind of loud in the background anyway so yeah i wanted to help out guys and uh get them started on drumming right for sure and also we usually have a lot of downtime at a tour and right. uh, I just really enjoyed teaching and I saw some of my favorite drummers doing this that they offer lessons on tour and I thought it was very very cool right of them for doing it I wanted to take on the opportunity if I could have I wasn't around unfortunately when 
I saw those happening, but I thought it was a really cool thing to do. Right. To meet them in person, learn something new. Right. Spend some time with them one-on-one, you know, it's a special opportunity for sure. Now, what's the, um, how, how, how's the, um, now when you actually do this, when you do the drum, uh, you know, lessons, um, what's the format going to be like? Is it going to be like an hour long? Is it going to be 30 minutes? I mean, how long is the time frame for each lesson? It will depend on how busy it's going to get on, uh, certain locations okay but to start off i, I offer 45 minute lessons okay five minutes lessons okay so for any orgy fan or any davy suicide fan that want to actually take uh drum lessons with uh with a master at of drums martin is your man uh just go ahead and email him i think it's uh idsbudapest at gmail.com and uh you know you can get squared away on that um, and to go back to the Davy tour for those that actually want to attend one of those dates, go to DavySuicide.com for more information on how you can get your tickets. Uh, your boys are already set for Baltimore, so we're good, you know, and, um, <laughs> you know, I'm giving Martin advance notice that, uh, we will have an Airbnb house again, so it's going to be awesome. So, oh uh, yeah. Party all night. Yeah, you know, or 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 in, th- or in your case, you know, if you just want to sleep in all day, that's fine. Do that, you know. No, uh, I I did that last time. I need to make it up for it this time. <laughs> <laughs> so, what can we like for those that have never been to either orgy show or a Davy Suicide show? What can they expect when they go to see uh, to see you? And your respective bands in Orgy and Davy Suicide, like what? Do you, what do you think that uh, that they will see? Well, for both of the bands, I can confidently say that it's a very high energy show, mm-hmm. high level of musicianship from everybody. Uh, with Davy, you know, we use different costumes, makeup, so we really put on a great show. I think it yeah. has a very good flow to it. Uh, with Orgy, we play some of the old classics everybody really demands. We also play some new stuff. We play some stuff nobody heard before on these dates. So that's definitely a reason to come and check us out for sure. And uh, with both of the guys, we always hang out with you guys after the show. So you can come and say hi. We hang out at the merch. It seems Take like- photos, sign everything you guys want. So Right, right. We are very approachable, both of, our, both of these men. You know, I, I will say that uh, so far that I'm seeing with the, the orgy tour, it seems like uh, it seems like you guys are really having a good time on the road. Yeah, you always do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Fun guys. Well, also, well, to also be fair, not because, you know, obviously um, orgy seems like a bunch of really cool guys. So I definitely got to give them their respect. But, you know, uh, on the other side of the coin with the Davy guys, um, you guys are just as fun too, just hanging out and having a good time. Um, yeah. From what I've what I've seen, based on you know my experiences um, at the Davy shows, um, it just seems like a lot of the fans gravitate towards you guys, and you know you guys show a lot of love uh, for your fans, like you know because it just it would be like they were probably say what's up and they would say hi and they would give you their whole life story and they would say you know how good you were that night and um 
you guys just keep smiling and you're so appreciative and respectful um, to your fans. And I think just that's what makes um, for in this case, that's what makes Davy suicide. So, um, you know, so awesome. And, you know, yeah. for the fact that you guys have that respect for your fans and, you know, you know, they respect you and probably with the same thing with orgy that, you know, they, they show a lot of love. You show a lot of love to them back. It's um, it's almost like a, a, a very good win-win situation all the way around. Well, yeah, I think that's how it should be because we have a responsibility for our fans and we have an impact on the people who l- likes our music, right? Both message-wise and both on what we do and how we act. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge responsibility for sure. And I remember growing up and being a fan of these bands and if i was lucky to meet some of them in person it really had an impact on me and it really pushed me forward you know doing what i was doing and uh, especially if you play music especially if you want to be part of this game it's very very important to have a positive impact on your fans yeah and um, that's why we are doing it you know we are doing it for you guys and it doesn't matter how tired we are or how frustrated we are we are here for you Right. We are always approachable. We always listen. We always care. Right. And uh, this was what I was appreciating from my idols. And I tend to do the same, you know, and act the same way. So two more things. A lot of people, number one, they don't know what, you know, tour life is all about when you're, you know, when it's life on the road, being a musician. So if you were to kind of explain it, what, what is life on the road? Um, what is that like for you when it comes to, you know, touring? It's a lot of fun to start off with. I think it's awesome. If, uh, you, you, if you're eager to experience touring, you definitely should. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a hell of a ride and it's a lifetime experience. You go to places and you meet new people. And it's actually very crazy to think about. Sometimes I just, you know, step back and appreciate it. And I think about that. Everywhere I went in my life, the past 15 years, everyone I met, every relationship I had, every friendship was because of the sole reason that I play the drums. And it's right. fucking crazy. Right. And, uh, it's not just an instrument. It forms you as a human being. It forms your personality because you experience life through your instrument, you know, and it's, uh, it's never ending. You always grow with it. So yeah, I went a little bit to the philosophical side of your question, but this is <laughs> really how I feel about it. Like, I don't really want to talk about, you know, the discomfort of tour because that, doesn't really matter because these things are so much bigger than that. Right. Of course. Of course. I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, this is like part of the show, part of the moment that, uh, you know, whoever it is I'm interviewing, I want to give them the floor. So, you know, would there be, is there anything that you want to say to, you know, all your fans that, that follow you either in orgy or in, um, in Davy suicide, do you have anything that you want to say to them? And do you have anything also, do you want to say, uh, back home to, uh, you know, your friends over in, um, 
in Budapest, Hungary, you know, and if you want to say something in Hungarian to them, you're, you're more than welcome to at this point. Um, the floor is yours, man. All right. So I want, I want to thank my family first for being super supportive of my career and, and for letting me try out my luck overseas and let me do what I like to do. That's a huge thanks to them because it's not easy. I'm not a parent yet, but I can just imagine like how scary that could be. Mm -hmm. Letting your kid go 10,000 miles away and do whatever without knowing anyone like that could be scary. It was scary for me as well. So thanks for my family for that. I would like to thank to my girlfriend that she's appreciating and accepting what I'm doing and, you know, she is supporting it. And obviously all of my fans and my bandmates, same thing for being very supportive, very, very kind. And uh, yeah, all my friends as well back home, like everybody is like understanding. It's not easy to, you know, it's not an easy path what we are doing, being on the road, being away for, for a long time. So I thank everybody for accepting me for who I am, <laughs> basically. Nice. Nice. Now, if um, if anybody wants to follow you on social media, how, how do they do that? Well, you can find me under my name, Marton Veres, M-A-R-T-O-N-V-R-E-S-S on Instagram. Uh, you can follow my school on Facebook. I have a like page for that, International Drum School, Budapest. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel, Marton Veres Drums on YouTube. I have drum covers, drum lessons, some vlogs. So I have some fun stuff there. So you guys should go and check it out. Check it out. And for those that um, bonus for anybody that is on Instagram, follow his school um, over at the International Drum School Budapest at uh, at IDS Budapest over on Instagram. A lot of good things are Thank happening you. there. Um, Thank you. So for, for those that want to know what's going on with Martin and his life, you can follow him and all of those uh, social media outlets. Obviously, if you want to see what's going on with his bands, um, again, www.orgymusic.com and Uh for more info on what is going on. Um, Martin, I mean, all I have to say is uh, cousin, I'm uh, c -Pen, you know what I mean? Thank you very much. You know, it's uh, really awesome that, uh, again, that you, you took the time. I'm, I was really shocked. I was like, hey, I, I just want to interview you. And you're like, hell yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so now, you know, the Davy Suicide. Timing was perfect. Yes, the timing was perfect. It was great. So now two out of four Davy Suicide band members have been interviewed. So I'm putting out an APB for uh, Nico Gemini. I want to interview your Russian ass, man. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Davy Suicide, bruh, come on, man. You know, yeah, we, you know, you know, your boy forever, you know, hook a brother up, man. So. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me on the show. No, it's, thank it's you. Really like, nice I, to you talk know. to you. Great, great questions. Thanks for doing some research on me. I really appreciated that. It felt really good. So thanks for everything. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. So ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to go ahead and wind it up real quick. And this is my attempt 
at uh, doing my closing at a very fast and rapid pace. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I am on Facebook. Go under the search box for the Kim Huang podcast experience. I am there. Yes, I am Twitter and Instagram bound at TKHPC experience all in one word, all in lowercase letters. Follow me. I'll follow you back. Uh, as terms of, uh, you know, the podcasting platforms, I got plenty. I'm on, you know, let's see, Spotify for one, Anchor for two, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Now, here's where it gets really good. For those that actually have Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you can help a brother out, which means you can actually go ahead and give me an awesome rating and a good review. So if you have Spotify, please give me five stars. If you have um, Apple Podcasts, you can give me five stars and write an awesome review. Reason behind that, so that your boy actually gets a good following. His show will actually get a lot of good follows and I'll be on the forefronts and people can say, wow, this looks interesting. I might have to go ahead and give the Kim Huang Podcast experience a shot. Last but not least, if you want to be a special guest, a guest host, or if you have a suggestion, hey, I'm all about it. Make sure that you email me at the Kim Huang Podcast Experience at gmail.com. Make sure under the subject box, you leave your reason why you're emailing me, and I will get back to you in 24 hours or less. Why? Because I'm just good like that. For real, for real. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, coming at you live once again in Washington, D.C., in the greater uh, you know metropolitan area, from the Asian Sensation Studios, uh, this is your boy, Kim Huang, saying thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, God bless you all. I love you. Uh, please be safe. Make good choices because it doesn't do me any good if your ass dies and actually lands in a box and gets buried six feet under. Bruh, I don't want that to happen to y'all. I want y'all to live life. I want you to enjoy life. Do you, you know what I mean? And just, you know, be happy. You know what I'm saying? So once again, thank you very much for tuning in. I love you all. Catch you on the next one. And uh, I'm out 5,000. Peace.